Good evening. It's good to see everybody this this evening. <clears throat> it's good to be back. It's a pleasure to to be here and honor to be asked to come study God's Word with you. Um, different setup than when I was here last time. I think last time, uh, first time they'd ever tried to use the songs on the screen, I stood right in front of it. But uh, they got it up where I can't do that now. So it's good to see. It's good to see a lot of people that I've seen before. A lot of folks been down our way, some of our studies, and are down at the singing by the river that we have down at, the, at our home annually. It's good to see some of you, and uh, some, a lot of you hadn't met before, but I hope to maybe through this this study that we're having this weekend. Appreciate your presence. Well, got a lot of study, so let's get to, to looking at what we have prepared for. Uh, Want to look at some things that we can do. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you need to understand, I need to understand, every Christian needs to understand that you can do anything that God asks you to do. Some of them difficult. I tell you, I, there's some that I work on every day. There's some that we'll work on to the last day that we spend here. But with God's help, God's strength, we can do anything. The things that we're going to look at this this weekend or study, I had a hard time just choosing some things. What you know, there's so many things that we work on, so many challenges that we face. But these are some that I think that are relevant, not just to young people, but to all of us. Uh, even though some of them will be uh, directing this toward those who are younger, young men, young women, but it applies to all of us. Uh, and the first thing we want to look at is uh, this challenge that we have today. Uh, concerning uh, living holy in a digital world. There's a lot of challenges, as we say, that we face in striving to be holy. There always has been. Because Satan is the prince of this world, and he does everything that he can. Uses everything, literally, in this world that he can to cause you to fall, to cause you to sin. See, Satan doesn't care about me, he doesn't care about you. You are parents, he doesn't care about you, he doesn't care about your children. You young people, he doesn't care about you. If he can cause you to go to hell, that's what he's going to do. And the reason is, is because he's just trying to get at God. He's a very powerful spiritual being. I don't think that I understand all about Satan that I would like to know. But God's given me everything I need to know about him. And he tells me he's very powerful and he is the epitome of evil. He's turned against God. And he's going to do everything that he can to get at God. His power was curtailed when Jesus was raised from the dead. Bound, as it were, the book of Revelation says, for a little season, for a thousand years. So he's released for a little season. That thousand years, that's this Christian age that we're living in. He's bound, but he's not hogtied. He's bound like a bad dog on a chain. And if you get close enough, he'll eat you up. He'll destroy you. You stay where you ought to be, you rely on God's power, he can't touch you. But you step without that realm, and he'll get you. He'll cause you to sin, separate you from God. Like I say, he doesn't care anything about you. He's condemned to eternal damnation. There's a place prepared for him and his angels. And he wants you to go there with him. 
He's just trying to get at God. He doesn't have the power to do that directly. He's powerful, but he's not that powerful. Not to deal with God directly. The only way he can try to get at God is try to do it indirectly, and he does that by trying to get at me or you, those who belong to him. If he can get us away from God, then he feels that he's done something against God. He's going to fight that to the very end, till he's cast into the lake, burns with fire and brimstone. So you've got to be determined, I've got to be determined to not let him have the upper hand. If you want to, if you want to get close to him in his domain, he will destroy you and you'll be destroyed eternally. But God tries to tell us that he is holy and he wants us to be holy. And I believe that we can, even in a digital age that we live in, now there's a lot of challenges uh, as we live in a digital age, but we can overcome the temptations that are there. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. God calls upon you, you, as an individual, to be holy. Every individual, God calls upon you to be holy, for He is holy. Do you think about God's holiness? God is completely holy. And yet Satan uses everything around us to try to get us to be unholy. We live in a digital world, and it's more, you know, some say we live in the information age. I think we live more in the entertainment age than we do the information age. There's a lot of information, there's a lot of good that can be uh, use with the technology that we have. We use it all the time. We use it to we can use it to study. We can use it to teach. But that's not the things that I'm talking about. The way that it can be used. I'm talking about the harmful ways that we need to be aware of. That we can overcome if we do God's will and follow His direction. There's hundreds of channels at the touch of a remote in there. And there's millions of websites at a click of a mouse, and there's playlist after playlist at the touch of a screen that you can listen to, all kinds of songs. And we can interact with people publicly and privately whenever and wherever we are. Like I say, some of this can be helpful, some of it can be useful, some of it can even be entertaining. But whenever we use any media, whatever we do for entertainment, well, you've got to be holy. He didn't say you might be holy, you could be holy. He said you shall be holy, for I am holy. The holiness is the crown of God. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. But above all, God is holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine an all-powerful God, perfect with incomplete knowledge, being everywhere present and yet lacking holiness with all those things, such one could not be regarded as God. Holiness is the perfection of all his other attributes. His power is holy power. His mercy is holy mercy. His wisdom is holy wisdom. Holiness more than any other attribute makes God worthy of praise. And it really ought to cause you to... to be comforted and assured that God is holy, holy, holy. Because that tells us that God's never going to ask anything of us 
or tell us anything that's not for our good if He's holy, holy, holy. Even when He calls upon us to be holy. And He does. He says, I am holy, therefore you shall be holy. That it has to do with purity, separateness, separateness from sin, and God is completely there. Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 13 tells us that his eyes are too holy, too pure to approve evil. He, he cannot look upon wickedness with favor. So anything that we do concerning the media that we use, whatever it is, has to be holy. Holiness is not optional. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, he said, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy for without holiness... No one will see God. You want to see God? You want to go to heaven? Then you're going to have to be holy. That's why he said, I am holy, therefore you shall be holy. Because he wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven, don't you? I think you do. You wouldn't be here tonight. You're at least interested in spiritual things. If you're not holy, you're not going to see God. We've got to be holy and all our behavior, everything that we do. And to do that, you've got to keep your mind pure. To be holy in your actions, you've got to have holiness in your heart. You've got to have holiness in your mind. You've got to keep your, your mind pure. And that includes what we do for entertainment. What is entertainment? Don't you think about it. Entertainment is defined as the result or action of something or someone holding or maintaining your attention. It's something that is an agreeable diversion of occupation of the mind for amusement. That's a long definition, but that's entertainment. And really it's just trying to say what the word means itself. You break it down. The suffix means action or result, of course. Pain comes from a word that means to hold or maintain control, and enter means to be among or before. So it's talking about the action of something coming before you to hold or maintain your attention, to hold your mind. Now, a Christian has to be very careful so that his entertainment, what he allows to come before his mind or his heart to hold his attention, the things that is agreeable to him as a diversion to occupy his mind for amusement is a good thing, that it's holy. You know, the world doesn't care what it watches, does it? The world doesn't care what they listen to. It doesn't matter what kind of show comes on. It's agreeable to them. Whatever's on, we'll go see it. Whatever plan, I'll listen to it. That's the world. But not the Christian. If it's not holy, I'm not going to watch it. If it's not holy, I'm not going to listen to it. If it's not holy, I don't want to be influenced by it. Because I've got to be pure in all my behavior, and to do that, I've got to keep my mind pure. Jesus said it like this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. Saying the same thing Hebrews 12:14 said about holiness. You want to see God? You've got to be holy. What's holiness involved? It involves keeping your mind pure. Because your action is going to come from what's in your heart, what's in your mind. And Jesus said, if you want to see God, you've got to keep your, keep your heart pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Because what do you put in your heart? That's who you are. 
Now, are you holy? Proverbs 23 and verse 7, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Therefore, the Christian's going to have to be very selective about what he watches on TV. Christian's going to have to be very selective about what movies he goes to see. Now, like we said, it doesn't bother the world to watch whatever comes on. They don't think like God thinks. But the Christian strives to make God's ways his ways, God's thoughts his thoughts. God is holy and therefore Christian. Young man, young woman, old man, old woman, doesn't matter. All of us got to be holy. For God's holy. world doesn't think that way, but the Christian does. Romans 12 and verse 2, Do not be conformed to the world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's your heart. You've got to be holy, for God's holy. Holiness is not optional. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to be holy. It's the pure in heart who's going to see God. And it's a whole different way of thinking to be holy. A whole different way of, be, of thinking to be a Christian. He says, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a whole new way of thinking when you become a child of God. Before you become a child of God, you might watch anything. Just like the world, doesn't bother you what, what comes on. You know, it's just a show, and I'll watch it. Doesn't matter about the vulgarity. Doesn't matter about the situation. Doesn't matter about the language. The Christian thinks different than that. He's concerned about what goes in his heart, what goes on in his mind. So, before he watches what he watches, and listen to what he listens to, he examines it. Paul said, you examine everything out carefully. Takes work to do that. One thing come in tired, you want some, everybody needs relaxation, everybody needs some entertainment, everybody needs some downtime. But the Christian's going to think about first what he's going to watch. And he has to examine it carefully. Before he goes to the movies, he's going to see if there's bad language in it. If there's vulgarity, nudity. If it's there, he's not going to see it. He wants to be holy. So he examines everything carefully, and he holds fast to that which is good. If there's a good show on, watch it. Not a whole lot of good shows to watch. But if there's a good show, watch it. But if it's not good, you abstain from it. The Christian examines everything carefully and holds fast to that which is good, but he abstains from every form of evil. So he was, he's careful about what he was. Now, is that what you're doing? And we said, oh, this is about me. I might say, it's about you, right? We're talking about individuals here. You can be holy. But you're going to have to follow God's will to do it. I am holy, therefore you are to be holy. Holy in all your behavior. That includes what you watch, what you listen to. Some who claim to be Christians. Now, we said, you know, we expect the world to watch anything. Christians ought to be different. But there are some Christians who watch television programs and movies that are filled with immorality and vulgarity, and it is just a show. They've become insensitive towards sin. It's just a show. They say, well, it's just a show. There's, you know, there's nothing else on. And I just kind of, you know, I kind of, I don't listen to that when it comes on. <laughs> I just kind of let that pass through. Well, it's passing through. Passing through your mind. Some people say, well, when that kind of stuff comes on, we, we put our kids to bed. We put them to bed. 
I'm going to tell you if it's not fit for a child to watch, it's not fit for a child of God to watch. Have enough till you get up and turn it on. Be holy. Don't just come in on Sunday morning, sit on pew and sing about holiness. Be holy. God knows whether you are or not. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 3, lest you become like little children, you ought to enter the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to be concerned, therefore, not just about TVs and movies, but books that we read or video games that we play or what our children play. If it's got violence and language and vulgarity, they're not going to play it. You know, there's a lot of adults play video games. Not just not just kids. But it does vulgarity. Language. Sexually suggestive things. Christians are not going to watch it. Now you can watch it if you want to. But you won't be hoped. What you listen to if there's something that comes on that's no good, you're going to turn it off. And it doesn't matter about what genre you like. I like about any kind of music. About any kind. There's a few things I just don't consider music. I can consider it racket. But most of it I, I, I consider music. I like everything from classical to bluegrass. I like it, everything in between. But it doesn't have to be rap to be vulgar. It doesn't have to be rock to be vulgar. It can be country and be vulgar. In fact, you can run a lot of country music backwards and everybody sobers up and everybody gets back together. If it's not fit to watch, not fit to listen to, turn it off. Be holy. Why? Because what goes in your mind affects your heart. That is your heart. And if you want your actions to be pure, he says you be pure in all your behavior. Well, how do you do that? Well, you've got to have your heart pure. Jesus said it's the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And those defile the man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witnesses and slanders. And that's a lot of the things that you see in television, movies, and the music, and video games. And if it's there to affect my heart, it's going to affect my actions. You want to know how to determine what you ought to watch? You apply Philippians 4 verse 8 to it. We said a Christian is going to be concerned about what he watches, what he, what he listens to. Paul said, finally, brethren, he's telling the Christians, people who want to be holy, people who want to go to heaven. People who want to be holy in all their behavior because God's holy. He says, whatever's true and whatever's honorable and whatever's right and pure and lovely and whatever is good of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, he said, let your mind dwell on these things. So when you watch a show or movie or whatever you listen to on the radio, if it's not honorable, good, true, right, lovely, of good repute, if it's not excellent, don't listen to it. Don't watch, don't have anything to do with it. I need another good gauge. If, if you couldn't sit down and watch it and have the Lord sit down there beside you and watch it, well, you just don't watch it. Now, how would you feel? What did you watch this week on television? 
Is there anything that you've watched on television or lyrics that you've listened to on the radio that you wouldn't feel too comfortable if Jesus was sitting there listening to it with you? I want to tell you, he knows everything that you're listening to. He's there where you think he is or not, or where you think about it. And he says, you've got to be holy for I'm holy. And without holiness, he said, you're not going to see me. For blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, it's not just TVs and movies, video games and music. There's a lot of problems in our society. And pornography is a big one. It's a big problem. It's been a problem for years, but it's a bigger problem now in the digital world. The reason it's a bigger problem now than it used to be is because used to, if people were going to involve themselves in pornography, you had to go out in public to do it. If you're going to go view pornography, you had to go down to the public adult bookstore and buy it. A lot of people didn't want to be seen going in parking place like that. So a lot of embarrassment would keep people from going and buying Playboy and Hustler and those kind of magazines. Because they'd have to go there at least down to the convenience store where somebody might see them back. But now all you got to do is flip on a channel or go to a website. That's all you got to do. And the privacy of your home. Open up some email and do it without nobody ever seeing you. And it's a problem. Here's some statistics. Pornography websites now range up to 4.2 million. 12% of total websites. And some were saying that these statistics are very low. I'd say they are. 35% of all Internet downloads are related to some type of pornography. 25% of all search engine queries are related to porn. Some 68 million a day. Filth is going into people's mouths. Every 28 seconds, every 28 seconds, 28,000 users are watching pornography on the internet. What was interesting about this, it said the day that the, that the most is watched, what do you think? Sunday. People are doing what they ought not be doing on because they're not where they ought to be. The whole life messed up, isn't it? Over a third porn viewers are women. This is not just, just a man problem. A third of the people who watch porn are women, and the numbers for women, they say, are growing. 2.5 billion emails sent are sent and received to receive porn. It's a terrible problem. The world doesn't think a lot about that. But it ought to bother Christians. It's there and it's too easy to access. Parents need to be aware that it's too easy for the curiosity of young people to engage in pornography. They don't need free access to it because they're old enough and mature enough. And even then, it takes great strength and faith in God. You can overcome. You do not have to be involved in pornography.
that there are many people are, and there's many people in the church who are involved in it secretly. But God knows. The Christian ought not be involved in it. He says, Christian ought to put aside all filthiness. And this is filth. The Christian ought to put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your soul. You want your soul saved? Get anything to do with that which is filthy like pornography. You engage yourself in it. The statistics are very high for those who involve themselves in it to be addicted to it. Just like a drug. They're heading down a road that caused them to lose their soul in eternal damnation. Satan is playing there. A lot of people think they can watch it. And they think they can watch it in their home and it's okay because, you know, nobody else is being affected but me. He said the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the good and the evil. And nobody else might see you watch it, but God sees you. The fact there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. God sees you. He knows you. He knows you intimately. He knows everything you do every moment, every day. He knows what you're thinking now. And he knows what you're doing when you're behind the monitor. He knows what you're doing when you're looking at your phone. Doesn't matter what device, if it's television or if it's your iPad, the Lord knows what you're doing. And he'll hold you accountable. There are some people who try to reason in their mind and say, well, you know, I, I, it's not... It's not as bad as people let on because, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm uh, committing some uh, evil sexual act. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at somebody. I'm not with them. I'm just looking at them. What did Jesus say? He said, I say unto you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust after has committed adultery with her in his heart. How serious is such a thing? He said, if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out. Throw it from you. Why? Why is it such a big deal? He says, for it's better for you to have one part of your body to perish than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. That's what he said. That's how serious it is. Do not allow yourself to be wrapped up in the sin of pornography. You're to be holy for God is holy. To be holy, you've got to keep your mind pure. And you can't keep your mind pure if you're looking at things that you ought not look at. And pornography is everywhere. And easy to access in our digital world. But you can overcome that. You can be faithful. Through the power and strength that you receive from the Lord, you can overcome and you don't have to involve yourselves in sin and wickedness. Holiness involves modesty in dress and in demeanor for yourself. You know, there's, there's digital uh, apps, we call them, applications for those who don't, uh, maybe you're here and you don't do a lot of things on the internet or computer, but when we're talking about an app, we're talking about an application that you can use on your computer or on your device. Some of them are very useful. 
Um, some are very handy. Some are very entertaining. Some of them are fun. But some, some of them, even that are fun and uh, entertaining, can also be used for sinful activity. I'll just give you an example. There's many. But an example, one of the most popular is Snapchat. Snapchat's fun. Snapchat's funny. Because Snapchat, what, it's one of the most popular apps because you can capture video or capture a picture and you can send it and you can, you can put ears on the, uh, on the person or, you know, different things. You can, you can make it funny. And you can send it and it has this uh, self-destruct built in it so that you can send it and you can choose from one to ten seconds and once people see it, then it disappears. And uh, it, it's, it's a real fun app. Um, and it can be used even for good things like teaching. Sometimes I know some people who Snapchat Bible verses to their friends. And so you can encourage and teach in that way. But some things that are good in and of themselves can be used for bad things. Um, I think one of the reasons it's used that way is because of the self-destruct feature that, you know, where the picture disappears after you send it. But be, understand, I've got a friend that writes code. He, he, he makes software and builds apps. That's what he does. He said, you, there's nothing that's ever captured and sent that can't be traced or can't be hacked. So just because you think it goes away, it still can be there. Understand that. Don't ever send anything you don't want to send. Because it can be retrieved. I couldn't retrieve it. But my friend could. And his friends can. And they know how. And there's many who can hack it and who can know. But because it, uh, just because it has these filters and you can do all these neat things with it, it also can be used to send suggestive, vulgar pictures. It's the new sexting. Sending texts that are vulgar but not only just text, but now pictures. Now, some of you may not be familiar with it. Those of you older may not be. You may, you may use it. But you can see from these statistics, it's mainly a young people's program. 23% of users are 13 to 17, 37%, 18 to 24, 26%, 25 to 34 years of age. Only 12% 35 to 54. If you're 55 and older, you probably don't use it. I don't even know what it is. But you take a picture and send it. And then it goes away after a few seconds. Well, a lot of kids are, have the temptation of taking pictures of themselves, their nudity, vulgarity, and send it to the boyfriends, girlfriends, others. And thinking, well, this goes away. Nobody knows. Just uh, How many does it? 70% of teens admit sexting their girlfriend or boyfriend. 70% admit to that. That's not talking about the ones who want to admit 40% of all teenagers estimated to have sent suggestive images or messages. 22% of teen teenage girls have, have sent sex. And 18% of boys admit to that. These things can be fun, but they can be used for, for wicked things. 
if you're ever tempted to send a picture of yourself to show and uh, your your body, know that that is unholy and that it's sinful, and God knows, and He holds you accountable for it. If you use anything, use it for good. First Timothy chapter two and verse nine, he said, "Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, as befits a woman making a claim to godliness." Now here he's talking to women, but the principle applies to to guys as well. It's not just women. God does not want us to reveal our nakedness. Nakedness has always been a symbol of shame. When Adam and Eve sinned before God says they realized they were naked and they made themselves uh, coverings with the, with the leaves and they hid from God. And, and what they wore, by the way, still revealed their nakedness because the Bible says that he made clothes uh, out of animal skins and clothed them. Evidently, he didn't see them be clothed. A lot of people wear a lot of things and they're not clothed. So they think they're covered. God doesn't re- consider them being covered. You reveal your nakedness. Nakedness has always been a symbol of shame. You go through the Old Testament, and when it talks about the sin of Israel and how God's going to uh, reveal their sin before the nations, He said, I'm going to reveal your nakedness. It's a symbol of shame. All the way to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, you, you talk about the church at Laodicea. He, he said they were poor, blind, miserable, and what? Naked. He's talking about their sinful. When you reveal your body to someone else other than your spouse. It is a sinful, shameful thing. Whether you do it on an app that makes the the picture disappear, it doesn't matter. You must be modest and discreet in what you wear. That's a person who is striving to be godly, making a claim to godliness. There are many temptations to be immodest. And by the way, modesty is not just a set of measurements. Now, how many people come up, preacher, you know, how long is long enough? How short, too short. How tight, too tight. Modesty is not a set of measurements. Modesty, my friend, is a mindset. And if you've got your mindset right about living like God and making a claim to being godly, then you're going to be not only having proper clothing, but you're going to be modest. The, the King James Version, that says uh, shame-faced. The word there means to be reserved back from what it means. A lot of people want to see just how close they can get to. <laughs> That's right opposite of what he's saying, do. When a person says, well, how short, short, too short, you know, because I want to get as short as I can get in or how tight I can They're very modest in their mindset already. Modesty, shame faces, is to be reserved back from. So if the line's here, I'm going to be removed back from it to be sure I'm modest in the way I act and the what I wear. Modesty is not a set of measurements. Modesty is a mindset. Modesty is a mindset that says, I want to be holy. Mindset said, I want to please God. I want to be holy in all my behavior. I want to go to heaven when I die. Won't be like God. Wants me to be. Holiness involves modesty, dress, and demeanor. You know, in our digital age, there's a lot of people who are, who are not modest. Now, they might be clothed from head to toe. 
you know, like I say, you can be cold, head cold, still not be admonished just by your actions, your demeanor. <laughs> you look up the anonym for modesty. Narcissism. One of the first things that comes up. Narcissism is excessive or erotic interest in oneself and one's physical appearance. Do you see any of that on Facebook? I tell you, our selfie age is all about what? About me. Me. Like me. Look at me. Look what I got. Look. I don't understand the depth thing. <laughs> but everybody does, doesn't it? Look at me. First Peter chapter 3, let not your adornment be merely external. It's not just about what you wear, your hair, your jewelry. He said, let it be the hidden person of the heart. And have this quality. You want to have a quality that's holy? Have this quality, that, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Do you see that in this picture? A gentle and quiet spirit? Which is precious in the sight of God. What do you tell you? If you're not seeking a gentle and quiet spirit and you're trying to look about what you wear and what, how, how you look, it tell you, tells us that that is not precious in the sight of God. And our media can be used in that way. You gotta be careful about what you tweet, what you post, what you like. Ask yourself, is what I post, is what I tweet, is what, I, is what I'm fixing to like, is it holy? I tell you, I see a problem with this. What little I look at Facebook. I have people that I know knows better. And I know, and I know that this person probably doesn't realize what they've liked. I quit looking at what people like. So sometimes I've had good friends who I know are Christians like something and you go to that side and it's just full of everything you ought not be looking at. Need to be careful what you like on Facebook. Might not like it <laughs> as well as you thought you did. What you post, you gotta be careful. And I'm gonna talk more about speech. This kind of goes along with it. we're gonna look at that on Sunday. But when we talk about speech, this part of it, it's a whole lot of in fact there's just some things that ought not be put in an email or on a post or in a tweet. There's just some things that ought not be. It's easy, you've got to be careful what you do, because you may have good intentions, you may, uh, things can be taken wrong in a text or an email, can't you? Because people can't hear your inflection, sometimes people get mad, and you wouldn't be mad at all. You've got to be very careful, right? They can take you the wrong way. But surely don't text anything when you may. It's a whole lot easier to say something on the keyboard than it is face to face to somebody. And you can regret it. Be holy in all your behavior, including what you say. Don't be gossiping. A lot of gossip on Facebook. Don't be gossiping. Gossip to sin. Somebody's done something to you, you got a problem, he said you go to them in private. 
Be careful what you say. We'll talk more about this Sunday, but Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, I tell you that every careless word that men shall speak, they'll render account for in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Be careful what you tweet, what you post. You'll give an account for it. You know, like I say, some things just ought not be said, period. As one fellow said, he says, we need to properly face our problems and not Facebook our problems. Some things, we can go and we can talk to somebody and confide in them and ask them to, to pray for us. As James 5 verse 16 tells us, sometimes we just, some things just ought not be brought out in public. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man who has understanding. Even a fool, when he's silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's then considered prudent. Sometimes it's smart not to say anything. Before we close, I want you to look at this. You know, holiness also requires proper use of your time. Proper use of time. Average person, they say now, average, spends about a, almost two hours a day on social media. In fact, this blows my mind. Some teens spend as much as nine hours checking social media, looking at it a hundred times a day. That doesn't give you much time to do anything. Time you go to the bathroom. I mean, you ain't got much time left. Sleeping, seven hours maybe, seven, eight hours, nine, figure it out. Time you eat something, go to the bathroom, that don't leave a lot of time. Some of them using the phone when they're in the bathroom or while they're eating. And family sit around, don't look at each other, they're looking at your phone. We all went out to a place called Jiffy Burger in Manchester. The old place been there. Heard an old woman stand up front last night. She said, I worked here when I was 17. She said, been there a while. But I like it in there. One of the signs says, no, we don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Look at each other, it says. We need to do that sometimes. Nothing wrong looking at your phone. But we can do too much of it, can't we? Some people say, oh, I don't have time to read my Bible. How much do you read your Bible this week compared to how much you look at Facebook this week? If you're not reading your Bible as much as you are looking at Facebook, you've got things turned around. Bible's what gets you to heaven. Days are evil. Satan's after us. Better use your time wise. Ephesians 5.15, Therefore be careful how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. We can become slaves to things that could be useful. But we allow Satan to tempt us and we fall into that temptation and use things that we ought not. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can live holy in the digital world if we'll simply submit ourselves unto God. I appreciate you listening.